0: Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Aggression Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. On this episode, Josh and I have a conversation about our upcoming week of prayer and fasting. The purpose of our episode is to prepare us as a church family for this really important week in the life of our church. I hope you find this episode helpful and prepares your heart to lean into this week of prayer and fasting together. today we wanna to talk about the upcoming week of prayer and fasting. So excited about this for us as a church family. Uh, so hopefully this podcast episode is helpful to kind of tee that up for us as a church, have a clear understanding, a unified understanding of why we're doing that. But first I thought we'd enter the conversation on the opposite side of the coin about feasting. So what's your favorite meal? Hands down, biscuits and gravy.
1: Uh, but I'm kind of one of those people that I've said that since I was like in fifth grade or something. And (laughs) it just, I'll never waver from it basically. So love biscuits and gravy. Mm. It's a good uh, evaluation test for me. When I go to a place for breakfast, I always get that first. And then if it's good, I'll, I'll say like, yeah, it's a good place for biscuits and gravy. So, or a good place for breakfast
0: or whatever. So So I'm just picturing it. So your favorite meal is just a plate piled hive biscuits and gravy anything oh, yeah. else yeah, yeah. oh
1: uh, definitely some scrambled eggs with gravy all over the eggs <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> which somehow is weird to people but to me it doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't put gravy on it yeah. i mean it's just gravy on everything i agree that's a go. wisdom category thing oh yeah more gravy no i think there's like a moral category for <laughs> that. so uh
0: i don't trust you if you yeah oh that's so, awesome so how I about do. what's the best biscuits and gravy you've ever had
1: um, I have a, a pastor friend down in Corvallis um, named Greg Joins, and he uh, he made biscuits and gravy once when we got away for a retreat. And uh, I now use that recipe regularly in our home. It's the best I've ever had. He got it from like an old Reader's Digest from like the 60s or something. Oh, awesome. So it's lots of butter. It's really unhealthy, very rich. I mean, I don't know how many sticks of butter are in it, mm-hmm. but it's it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, man, You put like a whole stick of butter in the pan heat it in the oven so it melts and then you put the biscuits that already have a stick of butter in them in the soaked butter. I mean, I, it's, it's, there, I feel like, like I'm going flaky. into a food coma just oh, hearing about it. Yeah. They're amazing. And then you, you hate your life afterwards for <laughs> sure. But
0: That's awesome. How yeah. about we record a future podcast episode while we're snacking on your biscuits and gravy? That would be great. That would be very distracting. <laughs> yes, yeah. it would. That's right. Okay, yeah. good. Well, I just wanted to hear you share about your favorite meal before we go into a week of prayer and fasting. That's right. So how about- What's yours? I mean- Man, um, I probably have a food issue that I elevate food too much in my mind. So, there's mm. not one perfect meal. But, like, if I was falsely accused and on death row and my <laughs> last meal, um, probably some really good fried chicken would be up there for really? me. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. And then maybe you're convincing me, maybe with a good side of biscuits and gravy. That sounds amazing. (laughs) You're going to go. I mean, that's the way to go. Yeah, exactly. Like at that point in time, you're not having veggies and fruit. You're just going all in. if you are, I, yeah, you didn't
1: live very well. Carrie
0: teases me that I can elevate food too much and I probably can, but for me, like good food is just like a little sunbeams of heaven are breaking in. Right. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. So, yeah. So how are you going to do a week of prayer and fasting? I am going to do it anticipating breaking my fasting. Right. So yeah. yeah. So maybe let's go there real quick right, and yeah. then we'll dive in. So when you break your week of prayer and fasting, mm-hmm. are you going biscuits and gravy first meal? No or, way. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you fast, um, well, it depends on how you fast. I think if you're just fasting sun up to sundown, what you have in the evening is you could probably have biscuits and gravy and be fine. Mm-hmm. But often when I've fasted, especially during a week of prayer and fasting, I will often not eat food for days, if not the whole week. So if you do something like that, you can see in the week, you gotta have like... Yeah, you gotta have a plan. Oh, like something easier on your stomach, you know, like... For me, I'll do like salad or bread or, you know, okay. something like that to kind of go easy. If not, you're going to get really sick.
0: Yeah. So, so how many days after your week of prayer and fasting could you have the biscuits and gravy?
1: Okay, probably, the ones that I make a month and a half, you know, so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you don't really work that's yourself fair. up yeah, for a, uh, That's wise. You got to train you know Uh, so that's awesome okay
0: cool well yeah well let's dive in let's talk about our week of prayer and fasting talk about fasting you know what's the why behind it Mm -hmm. maybe some hopes we have uh Mm -hmm. for ourselves and for gbc for this upcoming week um why don't we just start like what is fasting and then let's kind of have a trajectory we're moving towards like why is fasting biblical so what is fasting first and let's press into that a little bit just what would you say
1: Yeah. Fasting is uh, abstaining. uh, Biblically, it'd be abstaining from food. Mm -hmm. It's abstaining from something that you actually need uh, for a a season, a short time in order to press into the understanding that what you need is actually God. So uh, fasting, I know fasting is becoming more popularized in our society but what we're talking about, and when we say fasting is not uh, a health fast, you know, you're not doing this just to lose a few pounds really quick. Um, or even for the sake of your own health, you're you're fasting. Yeah. Uh, Christian fasting is, is fasting from something that is good um, that you need, um, ideally, uh, in order to realize in a greater way your need for God mm. and to press into that to kind of sharpen those affections mm. as... Um, David Mathis wrote a book called Habits of Grace and the title of his chapter is Sharpening Your Affections with Fasting. And so I think that that's really at uh, the core of it. Mm. I think Martin Lloyd-Jones, he talks about how fasting can be so much more. It can really be anything. Um, He just says fasting should uh, really be made to include abstinence from anything which is legitimate in and of itself for the sake of some special spiritual purpose. Hmm. And so there is a spiritual purpose to it. Um, And I think if we do miss what it is that we're pressing into for a spiritual purpose, fasting becomes something that's a chore, something that it makes us miserable. And at the end of the day, it's probably just something that we're doing in order to feel more spiritual, maybe more acceptable to God. Uh, Maybe we're trying to get something from God. And so, just that that emphasis on the, a spiritual purpose
0: um, is really important. So, That's so helpful. Yeah, an ironic way fasting could actually build your muscles of self dependence, and that you have the discipline to get through it rather than leaning mm-hmm. into your God dependence. So, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is huge. I think in a society like
1: ours, where we have tremendous wealth, um, lots of physical comforts, um, you know. Even you could go so far as to say, uh, lots of gluttony. Um, we have we live in a time where we could feast every day of our life. We often do, and so um, being able to kind of set aside some of the comforts that we can kind of surround ourselves with and and feast on in order to press into uh, uh, an understanding in a greater way our need. Uh, it is a really important thing to do, especially in a, a society like ours. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But I think it's really important just to realize, yeah, when we're talking about fasting, we're not talking about fasting from something that's sinful, you know, um, which maybe goes without saying, but at the same time, there's people who might say, well, I'm going to fast from uh, this, but it's like, well, you should probably just not do that anyways, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, the joke was in college, you know, when you get to the season of Lent, everyone was fasting from like chocolate or sugar. And it's like, Awesome. Right. You know, yeah. lent, you know, the season from Ash Wednesday up to Easter Sunday. And, but it's also like, well, I mean, you're kind of doing that because you just, you know, that's unhealthy for you and, uh, that kind of thing. Right. I mean, you're not really creating space yeah. in order to, in a greater way, uh, you know, sharpen your affections for God, uh, press into your need for God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's what we're trying to do when we fast, you're trying to create legitimate space. Yes. Um, to spend more time in prayer, um, as you're sensing your, your hunger and your need. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. How about, I know we could talk about it for a while, but just to give us kind of like a, a placeholder, make sure we're having a biblical foundation to this. So if we're coming with, uh, you know, um, position that, Hey, fasting is good. And someone's like, well, you know, can you show me that in the Bible? Where would you take someone to say that, Hey, fasting is a, is a good biblical thing.
1: Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to my mind, um, and I think Donald Whitney in his Spiritual Disciplines book emphasizes this well in his chapter on fasting. Um, but when you look at um, the, the beginning of that chapter, he just says, you know, quick, what do people who fast look like? What kinds of people come to your mind? Do they appear a bit strange? Or are they John the Baptist types, legalists, health nuts? And then he says, does Jesus come to your mind when you think of fasting and fasters? Mm. So basically he's saying, if you want to think about the biblical impetus for fasting, you you know, we must realize that Jesus was somebody who fasted. And, um, you know, the iconic, he goes out in the wilderness and fasts for 40 days and 40 nights, kind of like Moses, you know, when he's up on Mount Sinai um, in in the wilderness with Israelites. And so um, I think it's important to first look at the person, the one that we're following you know, in our lives and how he, we're supposed to, you know, follow his example. Mm -hmm. And he did this, but I'd say more so he expected that we would do this. So if you look at the famous Sermon on the Mount, I think it's, especially in chapters um, six, you know, there's these uh, famous teachings of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount there in Matthew's account, where he says things like, when you give, Mm -hmm. when you give he's talking about like appropriate ways or godly ways of giving and other ways of giving where people do it for kind of the look of it and what people might think of them for being generous. So he says, when you give, when you give. He then gives us the Lord's Prayer. He says, when you pray, when you pray. And I think a third time says, when you pray. And, we, we, and then right after he says that, he goes, when you fast, when you fast. Um, and, and so we read something like that in the Sermon on the Mount. And it's interesting how in our society, in our church today, um, the church today, we we go, yeah, we should give, you know, mm-hmm. like, of course we would give, right? We should give of the things that we have, the resources we have for the sake of the kingdom of God. And oh, of course we should pray, right? And then we go to fasting and we're like, well, you know, you, you can t- take it or leave it. Yeah. And you don't want to create a legalism out of this. But at the same time, God has given us uh, a means of grace in fasting, that is, is, is there for our good. And there's, there's a spiritual purpose to it. Hmm. And so I think if we're neglecting a practice that God has kind of given to us, that mo- that Jesus modeled for us, that he expects of us, then we're really, we're really missing out, I think, on um, the Christian life in many ways. So that's,
0: that's kind of where I would go is kind of the Sermon on the Mount mainly right yeah. away. Oh, that, that, that's awesome. How about want to make sure that we highlight the biblical yeah. foundation for fasting and then how about for you in your life i always think there's value to hear someone kind of share their testimony so to speak about this spiritual discipline how god used it in your life like what would you say how has god used fasting in your life
1: oh man in very i mean there are so many ways um it's kind of hard to nail it down i, I think the, the the ones that kind of come to the top of my mind are every time i have engaged in fasting there are just so many things that kind of are revealed to me about my heart. And Mm -hmm. primarily what I realize is how much I depend on other things other than God or how much I feast on other things other than God. So um, we were just talking before we recorded about how difficult fasting can be for a stay-at-home mom Mm -hmm. because you're home all the time during a week of fasting and you're constantly feeding your kids and how challenging that is. And so... Uh, weeks where I've gone through a week of prayer and fasting, I'm at work most of those days. And I was telling you how those are actually some of the easier days, but it's the weekends where I'm home and I'm constantly around food. I'm not as busy and pressed and I'm feeding my kids where I'm just aware of how much I want to, and even have slipped and like I'm feeding them some chips or something and I just throw one in my mouth really mm-hmm. quick and so how much I just long to eat and snack and I don't even think about it and um and so I think at the end of the day um it, it just kind of shows me how much I need food, how much I want food, how hungry I am, you know, I don't go a whole day without eating. Yeah. At some point I'm going to go, "Man, I'm hungry. Like I need to eat and I'm going to seek out food." Mm-hmm. But how I'm just so it kind of makes Sharpens the acuteness of my understanding of how many days do I go without even giving a thought to God, without meditating on his word in any way to where I I don't, I could go days and I'm not going, man, I'm hungry for God's word. Like Jesus said, man lives not on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Do Mm -hmm. I believe that? So fasting helps me press into that, Mm -hmm. to my communion with God, and it reveals my lack of communion with God. Yeah. But what about you? What kind of stands out to you in your I mean, yeah, there's
0: so much to it, too. It's um, I don't know. It feels like, you know, when you open the windows in springtime, you just kind of let the warm breeze kind of clear out your house. That's what it feels like God does in my heart. So I'm with you. The Lord Mm -hmm. uses it to bring conviction. But in a, he disciplines us because he loves us kind of way. Mm. So in things that um, I can just go through the motions and I can kind of in my default setting or autopilot is like self-discipline rather than really trusting in God and fasting helps bubble that up to the surface of my life. So even I'll find myself probably this next week, I'll be finding myself in in the fasting of just kind of like ignoring my hunger or pushing it aside. Like I have to grit my teeth to get through it rather than letting that, like you're saying, really make me acutely aware, man, I'm hungry. What I'm, that should, bring up and bubble up the sweetness of God's word and how much I need him. But it's just, anyway, it makes me realize my brokenness and how I trust in other things more than God. So I need fasting. I've learned that uh, in my life before it's been kind of like a category. I check the box, like, yeah, that's a good thing. Well, if it's good, why isn't it more true in my life? And so I want to help us as a church, not to make this a legalism thing, not to make it a method thing, but like, if we really need God more than food, well, then let's do this together. I just think there's so much benefit for us as a church and kind of going low in this, you Mm -hmm. know, to highlight how much we need God. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think when you fast as well, and you've, I think you're, you've talked about how you've experienced this, but it does really sharpen your senses. It kind Mm -hmm. of, you strangely get more mental clarity Hmm. um, through it. Um, I don't know the kind of science behind that really. But at the same time, like, I I think that's really true. And experientially that's true. And so um, I think that's helpful. I mean, Donald Whitney talks about how fasting has these different spiritual purposes. Um, One of them is strengthening prayer. Um, And so there's different biblical examples of that. Um, Seeking God's guidance, expressing grief in your life Um, You see that often seeking deliverance or protection, um, expressing repentance and returning to God, humbling oneself before God, expressing concern for the work of God. Um, That's an expression of love and worship, overcoming temptation, ministering to the needs of others. So you just see in the Bible, people fast for a whole host of different reasons, Mm. but at the center of every one of those reasons is God. And so, man, I'm going through this grief. I'm not gonna fast and I'm gonna pray and I'm going to focus on God, Yeah. right? As these other things are being stripped away. I mean, that, I mean, how powerful that is in our lives because we open ourselves up to be ministered to by the spirit when we do that. Mm. Whereas often we go through grief, we want to kind of comfort and medicate ourselves with other things. Yeah. And um, and so that's just one example, but I think it does as we're seeking God about specific things, Um it, it it sharpens our minds. Maybe it helps us to see things in a different way, in a clearer way, um, because we're not as cluttered, um, you know, in our in our hearts, in minds. That's so true. Um, by running to the things. Yeah. And we want this, right? I mean, I think of uh, Second Corinthians chapter one, where it talks about the comfort of Christ. And I was talking to a friend last night um, about this idea, but. Um, just how I want, I want to know that. I want to know what Paul's talking about there, how he can say, I experienced the comfort from Christ so that I can give you comfort even in the suffering. Yeah. And, and I go, and I was just, I've just been processing that going, man, if I'm running to other things for comfort, I'm essentially then missing out on what Paul's talking about there. Hmm. And so in a way I want to not run to other things for comfort to go, okay, God, I want to, I want to know what this kind of comfort is talking about. Like that yeah. can only come from you yeah. um, that can't come from um, biscuits and gravy or whatever it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so um, anyways, I think I think fasting sharpens our understanding of our lives, what's going on in our hearts, what we should be praying about um, that kind of stuff. And I Amen. think people who do fast, they, they see that. Um, so,
0: yeah. 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 And just reflecting on, um, you know, our current moment, so to speak, and just, everything we've all been through in different ways over this Mm -hmm. last year or two and just even disappointments and things aren't how we want them to be with Mm -hmm. you know COVID and all of that like what a time for us to come together as a church and to acknowledge our need for God and rather than to run for other things for comfort or relief or clarity just to come to him first I just I'm so excited for for this upcoming week for me so
1: we have we've settled on uh, a theme right Mm -hmm. which uh, this year Um, it seems to be a good theme. Um, I've even thought about preaching through this chapter, um, at some point this year, but Isaiah chapter 40, um, there, there's kind of two iconic chapters in the Bible that it seems like people have gravitated towards Romans eight and Isaiah 40 and Isaiah 40 is just an incredibly rich chapter. Um, and so the theme of our week is they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And I think this is such a, an encouraging passage to dwell on, because it's talking about how God does not grow weary. Hmm. You know, uh, this isn't the same place, but He doesn't. He doesn't sleep. You know, He doesn't need that. Yeah. Um, but. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. And so, uh, and there's so many other things here in this in this chapter that's really gonna enrich our understanding of God um and what he's done for us that I, I think will hopefully press us into this. Cause I mean, how many people are feeling weary in this season oh, yeah. or tired? And um but but we want to keep that, I think, at the forefront of our minds. Uh, because when we're talking about fasting, you know, we've talked about this already a little bit, but we want to have a purpose, like a spiritual purpose to our fasting. So, as I'm feeling a hunger pang, um, uh, what I want to feel in that moment is go, man, I'm hungry. And then you immediately go, oh, I'm hungry because I'm fasting. Mm-hmm. And what's going to make you miserable is if you just go, well, I can power through, okay dinner time's coming, right? Or whenever you're gonna break your fast that day, or if you're doing a whole week, right? Sunday's coming and I'll break my fast. But if all you think about is, man, I'm hungry. I'm just gonna, I can power through, I can get there. You're just gonna make yourself miserable. You're you're gonna get to the end of it all. And um, you're gonna be like, I hated that. I'm never doing that again. Mm -hmm. But if you insert every single time you feel that sense of hunger with, I'm hungry. Oh yeah, I'm hungry because I'm fasting oh i'm fasting because fill in the blank right you're pressing into the spiritual purpose in that point and you're going to get through the week and you're going to go man that was maybe difficult but it was great it was it yeah. it was so enriching to my life like you're going to find yourself um being like i i i want to do that more in my life and so just we want to fill in every time we feel that hunger pang with the spiritual purpose and i would say the spiritual purpose for our week then is to go um Oh, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm hungry because I'm fasting. I'm fasting because God promises that those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. Hmm. That he does not grow weary. That I want to remember who my God is and what he's done. And that he promises me that he will... He will mount us up on wings like eagles. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's our big hope and that's our big prayer.
0: Yeah, I love that we're grounding our week of prayer and fasting in a specific passage of Scripture, with a specific prayerful theme and intended purpose, and for us to lean into that together as a church family. And just as I'm processing what you're saying, want to encourage us as a church. Yeah, you're focusing on that need for yourself for God and having that spiritual awareness and hunger for Him. But also I love the power and opportunity we have to do this together as a church. So as Mm -hmm. you're feeling those hunger pangs, know that others in in our church are at the same time. And then I think God's just going to bring each other to one another's minds. You're going to have someone on your mind who you know is feeling specific. You know, particularly weary, be praying for that brother and sister during your week of mm-hmm. prayer and fasting. Like there's power in this for our own um, spiritual growth and relationship with God, but also in a corporate church family kind of way. Mm-hmm. I just think there's so much benefit, more than we can probably even be aware of or articulate. That's so, right. That's no, yeah. really
1: good. Yeah. And this follows the example in the Bible too, right? Mm-hmm. We see corporate fasts. We even see national fasts. I mean, yep. there's different fasts we see in the Bible. And so if people are like, isn't fasting supposed to be something you just do in private? Um, I think that's a really important question. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Donald Whitney says it really well when he basically says something like, um, you don't have to keep fasting a secret, but if you it's not that people can't know that you're fasting. He says, the problem is not whether another person knows or asks about your fast, but whether you want him or her to know or mm-hmm. ask so that you can appear more spiritual. So as long as you're not fasting so that you can just appear more spiritual, Oh yeah. Um, then you don't have to worry about the secret thing, which I know people really have an issue with. Yeah. And so, and even then to call a whole church to fast, I mean, we all know that people are going to be engaging in this. That's that's very biblical. We see this um, corporately throughout Israel
0: in different seasons and different yeah. times. I've been reflecting. The church
1: it. is fasting. Yes, right. So yeah, I
0: think there are definitely misconceptions around this. Mm. Sometimes with even positive intent, but I think it's even in the prayer and fasting guide, mm-hmm. uh, beginning of Acts chapter thirteen, talking about the early church, verse two. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, and then it just talks about Paul and Barnabas were commissioned, the growth of the early church, spread of the gospel. So like they were doing that corporately mm-hmm. and just to connect that then to Matthew six, right? When you fast. And then the great commission is do everything the Lord's commanded you. The early church was doing fasting corporately, but then there's just disconnect. Like, yeah, we leave that on the shelf for that's not for me or for us, man. We're missing out if we don't press into this.
1: Yeah. So I thought it, it might be good for you to kind of share. Mm-hmm. You did a really good job of writing our prayer and fasting guide for the week. Mm-hmm. So there's different tools um, that you've provided for us to to utilize, um, to maybe give us some handles mm-hmm. um, on what this might look like for me to engage in fasting, and also to um, press into prayer and what that could yeah. even look like, especially if, if you're somebody who uh, is newer to fasting, and especially if, if you're like, I want to grow in my prayer life, what, what would that even look like? Mm-hmm. Um, but you did a really good job of, of writing that up and giving us some tools. So I thought it'd be great if you kind of spoke to that.
0: Yeah, no, thank you. It's been such a helpful exercise to um, do that and write that with you and get this before the church. So I want to um, encourage everyone to use the guide individually and corporately. So it's going to divide up Isaiah 40 into our seven days of week in prayer and fasting. So to really focus on particular verses and themes to be praying each day, we really want to be praying God's word to God and the guide will help ground us in Isaiah 40 to do that as we're, you know, taking our weariness to the Lord, praying for renewed strength. Isaiah 40 will be our guide and the prayer guide just helps um, us as a church be connected in that way. And then there'll be specific things to pray for each day in the guide. So again, encourage you to use the guide, whether that be a physical copy we'll be giving out at church or a virtual copy online. And then each day we're going to specifically be praying for growth, for progress as a church in our evangelism, and then in the Lord providing us a long-term facility. So if we're having a week of prayer and fasting as a church, uh, let's really kind of have multiplying impact in that and be praying for us as a church that we're growing in evangelism and so we're going to be praying for that praying and fasting together for that excited to see what God's going to do and and through that and then also just um, as a church family laying our need before the Lord of Lord we feel like we are desiring a long-term facility that feels overwhelming daunting is the word that comes to mind it feels like yeah that'd be nice you know like i want to dunk a basketball too but that's not going to happen so so (laughs) how do we take that need before the lord as a church so Mm. that'll be a specific repeated prayer uh during uh the week in the prayer guide as well so
1: i thought you did a really good job because you know when you go through each day as people read through this um, it's great how the different passage Mm -hmm. i mean i thought you did a really good job of taking this the small passage within Isaiah 40 and then kind of coloring that prayer for, for us to grow in our evangelism and sharing the gospel and coloring even how would this passage inform how we would even pray in light of wanting a future facility. And so I think, I hope people every every day when you see those two prayer points that really you read, um, what Mike has written there and also uh, just pray in light of what the passage is saying. And so at the end of the day, like, I mean, we, we know these are things that we want to see growth in. We want to see God provide in, uh, but we know God ultimately is our, we live in a fathered world. Right. And he, Mm. he knows us, he knows what we need when we need it. And so we just want to pray and ask him for this. And I think, um, he he welcomes those prayers. Amen. So, and there's other f- prayer focuses every day that are really important and really good. Uh, to be reading about and
0: pressing into as well so yeah and and i think as a church we want to continue to really um display the truth that prayer is indispensable right that's Mm -hmm. one of our distinctives and so this prayer guide it could live in your devotional life during the year maybe you have it in your bible or just keep coming back to it and praying together i really uh, i know there's need in my heart to grow in this i want us as a church to really learn what it means to be faithful in mm-hmm. our prayer life and praying God's word. And so just want to encourage us as a church to, Hey, it's not just, you know, our week of prayer and fasting. Then I leave it on the shelf. We want to be a church of prayer um, day in and day out. So Absolutely.
1: Yeah. When I'd say along those lines though, too, I just want to encourage people to think about, um, you know, cause we talk about like, I need to grow my prayer life. I want to grow my prayer life and, but just sit, step back and go, okay, why do I want to grow my prayer mm-hmm. life? Um, cause I think if we're, if we're really being honest, we feel a sense of guilt and a sense of lack that we're not the Christians we should be. Mm-hmm. And, and so sometimes when we say, I want to grow my prayer life, um, without realizing it, we're wanting just to grow in our, um, it, we kind of think of it as a legalistic thing, right? Well, if I if I grew my prayer life, then maybe things would be going better in my life. Um, things aren't going better in my life. Man, I should really pray more. Or um, I'm struggling with this thing. Well, I should really pray more. And prayer is really going to help for sure, but for different reasons than we might perceive. We, we should be thinking, man, I want to grow my prayer life because we should be thinking, I want to commune with God more. Like I have an mm-hmm. invitation to express my heart's des- desires and like my anxieties. And I just have a time, I, this is an opportunity for me to spend time with God and actually commune with him. As I read his word and he speaks to me, Amazing, you know, I get to pray and talk to him. And so we want to grow in our prayer life because we want to spend time with God. Right. Amen. I mean, so the, the goal is communion. Amen. It's not just that I would spend more minutes praying every day um, so that I could f- almost have a better sense that I'm being a good Christian. Amen. But we To grow in our prayer life is to uh, spend time with God. That's the goal. It's communion. Uh, that's literally it. So Christ has purchased our union with God. He's made peace between us and God. Um, but now we have this invitation to commune with God, yeah. and that's that's what Jesus's invitation is around abiding in in the vine, right? Amen. Um, prayer is one of those means of grace that we have for that abiding, and uh, we want to we want to do that. So that's so good,
0: yeah, yeah. Before we share more about prayer and some of our kind of desired outcomes, prayerful outcomes for us as a church, maybe just real quick, could you? help us understand a little bit more. How would you speak to those that maybe haven't had a healthy relationship with food? So we talk about Mm -hmm. this in the prayer guide. Maybe what are some, what would be your pastoral counsel to someone in that space in terms of what does fasting look like for me? You know, Mm -hmm. what would you say?
1: Yeah. I think if people have maybe struggled with eating disorders and things like that, especially, um, then, uh, it's important to realize that you can fast from other things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's partly why I read the Martin Lloyd-Jones quote early on that fasting uh, can be applied to many other things. I would just encourage you to fast from something that's going to create space in your life. So if food isn't an option for you, you know, because you've struggled with an eating disorder in your life um, or maybe because um, for health reasons, your doctor would actually tell you fasting is not something you can do, um, then that's that's fine, right? Um, uh, but fast from something that's going to create space. So maybe it's, I'm going to fast from watching anything this week. So no no Netflix, no sports, no whatever. I'm going to fast from my phone. Uh, I'm gonna delete all the apps on my phone, except for something that's gonna cause me to text or call somebody, right? I mean, you need to do your normal life, right? If you have to use it for work or something, but create space. So don't just spend time on your phone if that's a big thing for you. I mean, all we gotta do is probably look at our screen time uh, Mm -hmm. counts, which all of our phones now tell us about, whether we want to know it or not, (laughs) right? And we could go, maybe I'll cut that out of my life this week. But then the goal is to take that that thing that's taking up time and take that extra space and spend time praying, like spend time uh, in in God's word, right? Um, Or um, we've talked about how we have three different times in our week where we're going to be coming together as a church, Monday night in our community room. Um, We're going to have a night of of prayer and worship. So we're going to sing. Um, me and Warren and, and maybe some others are going to lead in some music and we're going to pray, uh, spend time praying as a church together. So that's Monday night at 7 PM in our community room, uh, Wednesday at noon, we're going to have a zoom prayer time. Um, because it'll be easy for people just to cut out their lunch break and get online really quick with each other and pray. You're going to mm-hmm. lead that time. And then Friday morning, oh, we're going to gather for an early morning. is at 7 a.m. prayer time in our community room just for a time of prayer that Rob Strickland is going to lead us in, which will be yeah. really valuable. So those are other times where we're going, I'm going to normally be doing something in that time. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut out something else from my life, whatever I would do on a Monday night, a Friday morning, a Wednesday at lunch. And I'm going to press into that time. So you're creating space, right? So if you're fasting, you're fasting from something that's good, that uh, is going to create space in your life so that you can
0: make more time to be with God. Yeah, I can't wait for those three specific prayer meeting times to do a week of prayer and fasting intentionally together as a church. There's just power in that. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think anyone will regret participating in that. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think
1: I've ever gone to anything like that and walked away, being like, "Oh, my gosh, never <laughs> yeah, have done what that. was
0: I doing? Yeah, <laughs> so it was horrible. And, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Well, how about as we, you know, kind of move to a close, we focused on the fasting aspect of it, understandably mm-hmm. so, to make sure we're clear and biblical, and try and kind of um, disarm any misconceptions that could be there. But how about prayer? Let's just mm-hmm. talk about that for a few minutes. Yeah. You know, what is prayer? How would you help us, you know, have that view? And I really want to focus on like the beauty part of it. Why is prayer beautiful? Just what would you say?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I think at the core of it is basically speaking to and listening from God. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's that communion idea, right? Uh, but Michael Reeves, I've talked about this book before. He's a really small book called Enjoy Your Prayer Life. And um, in there, he quotes John Calvin and he says, what is prayer? It's never been put better than by John Calvin. He has an excellent little chapter on prayer in the Institute's call, and he calls prayer the chief exercise of faith. And then in Michael Rees' words, um, in other words, prayer is the primary way true faith expresses itself. This also means that prayerlessness is practical atheism, demonstrating a lack of belief in God. And so, um, it's, it's, it's an extra, it's the chief exercise of faith is what Calvin would say. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's us having this faith in God. We walk by faith, not by sight. It's, um, you know, hoping for the things that are unseen. Um, First Peter says, though you do not see him, you you love him. You know, it's the exercise of faith in him and approaching him in, in, with our hearts in prayer, um, believing his promises, um, asking for him to fulfill those promises in us and yeah. in the world. Um, it's that exercise of faith. And um, I mean, this is why I think coming to my mind, I think we're walking into a week of prayer and fasting and the temptation is going to be um, that we're going to have all these excuses maybe for why we shouldn't participate Mm -hmm. or the things that are going on in our life. And um, I don't want to discredit the fact that there is real spiritual warfare in this world and the last thing that our enemy would want us to do is to be a people praying well and wanting more of God. And so there's going to be a lot of temptation for us to go, yeah, I don't want to um, you know, go to that prayer time you know, cause I'm busy or I'm tired or whatever it is. Um, or I don't want to participate in this because I just, I got too much going on or whatever. And um, at the end of the day, um, you know, there are some legitimate things that maybe you, people can't participate in. And that's totally great. Um, I'm more trying to encourage us to realize that there is a real kind of war, uh, a battle that's not against flesh and blood that's happening in this world mm-hmm. that the Bible speaks to. And so when we're talking about praying, I mean, we're talking about engaging in that um, in what God's doing in the world. And there is a real enemy that um, is opposed to these things. And so the temptations are going to be there. Yeah. Um, and so we do want to press into that and go, is this a real thing that I can't do? Or is this something that, um, that maybe is just trying to distract me from actually engaging with something that
0: is gonna bring life and um, bring about God's purposes in this world. I so appreciate you bringing that up and just uh, calling it like it is, the spiritual warfare aspect of it, the enemy of our souls, the one who is uh, prowling around seeking to kill and destroy does not want us to be praying Christians and to be praying a church. So like, uh, let's just call it like it is. So Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. How about, so Josh, what are some some hopes, some desired outcomes, some prayers for us as a church through this week of prayer and fasting. You know, I'm praying the Lord does this in and through us this week. Just thought it'd be cool to hear you speak about that. Mm.
1: I pray my my biggest hope is that we would feel the strength of God in the midst of our weakness. Mm. And I think as we're all, many people are feeling weak um, or weary, especially um, uh, we have this great promise that that those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. And it would be amazing to come out of this season in this week where we have like a church filled of people who are like, when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, that, oh, I understand that in a better way. Mm-hmm. Or man, my 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 gaze is sharpened towards like the eternal horizon. And oh man, my heart has grown for the lost and mm-hmm. I want to share the gospel in, in a way, or I want our church to grow in that this year. Or man, I know that we live in a fathered world and he, God is going to provide and um, uh, we just get to follow him in faith. You know, so there's a whole host of things. And I think that's the point is just, there's a sense of excitement to go, what is going to come out of that week? You know, if we really do get on our knees and pray and we abstain from things that we need that are even good um, to make time with God, I mean, what could God do? Um, And so there is that sense of, I don't even, I mean, I have some things, but often God surpasses or has different goals maybe than I even do. And so I'm just excited to see what God does. But I do know that if we really engage in this, that um we won't regret it
0: Amen. what about you same I I feel like uh I want to make this short the Lord has been stirring some things in my heart preparing me for the week and specifically feeling weary so you and I've talked about this it's been a tangible thing this last month or two and so I'm bringing weariness into the week and I need my strength to be renewed I want our church to need that to want god more than we want anything else Mm. more than what you want in your own life for certain things more than you want for maybe your frustrations in the world around us like we need god and Mm -hmm. if we come with that posture and that hunger man i'm excited what god's Mm -hmm. gonna do in us like individually and as a church and then through us like i don't think we have the ability to um really rightly speak to that or categorize that hey this is what the desired outcome is going to be i don't know what god's going to do but i know it's going to be good so i just want us as a church to come i think we say it in the prayer guide with great need and great expectancy like we have great need for god and we should be really expecting great things from god and to your point not like labeling that but letting god be god and uh Mm -hmm. yeah so i'm excited for the week absolutely Yeah. yeah yeah all right. Any other closing thoughts or things you wanted to say?
1: Yeah. I, d- I mean, the last thing I would say is um, I just wanted to read uh, Psalm 145. That's Please. all right. Yes. Yeah. Um, we want to truly believe um, that this is God's world, right? So it says there in Psalm 145, beginning verse 14, the Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth.
0: Amen. Great way to end that episode. Yeah, Psalm 145. All right, Gresham Bible Church, thanks for joining us this week. I hope this conversation has been helpful to whet your appetite for the week of prayer and fasting. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out and you can do that to me at mike at org. Until next week. Thanks.